Good morning. It is 9.07. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be on board with us today. Uh, she's got a whole host of uh, fascinating topics that we'll kick around, including uh, Joe Biden's non-binary drag queen uh, nuclear waste uh, guru, Sam Brinton. Uh, you may have read about him. Uh, he's also apparently uh, st stealing women's luggage. That's <laughs> strange. <laughs> oh, Lord. Missouri Supreme Court rejects last-minute effort to halt the execution of Kevin Johnson. Uh, she wants to talk about the U.S. and Iran soccer showdown. Does anybody really care? Is anybody watching that? I mean, they must be. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending that kind of money uh, and, and preempting all the regular programming. I have absolutely no desire to watch soccer. Brian, do you watch it? I do not, no. Anybody? I mean, even the Chiron on Fox News right now, U.S. faces Iran and must win World Cup match today. Yeah. I wish them the best of luck. I, I hope they beat Iran. But I don't really care about the game. It's, it seems like a... I don't know. It just anybody out there watching? Give me a call. I'm curious. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be on with us at ten thirty this morning. Um, listen to this uh, and, and tell me what you think, Brian. In order to do this job, you have to spend about two years in college. You have to pay thousands of dollars in tuition. Uh, then you have to complete a thousand hours of supervised work, and then you have to pass a state mandated exam. What kind of a job do you think would require all that? Any any ideas? Well, yeah, but uh, it wouldn't be fair if I shared it with the audience because I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! It, apparently, there are this. There's this group of women. Um, Mary Jackson is one of them. And they visit maternity wards in community centers around the state of Georgia. And what they do, and there's a group called ROSE, uh, Reaching Our Sisters Everywhere. <laughs> Clever acronym. Uh, but what these women do is they go to these places, and they've been doing this for decades, and they help women learn to breastfeed. Is apparently some women have a hard time with this, uh, and and it's they do it for free. They just uh, they go in, they reduce breastfeeding disparity uh, disparities for African American women, and they've been doing this for quite some time now. Um, they just go in and and help these women to understand how to hold the baby, what to do, uh, what what the experience is like, and they do it for free but now according to Georgia law they're going to have to spend two years in college pay thousands of dollars in tuition complete a thousand hours of supervised work and then pass a state mandated exam <laughs> that's what they have to do to volunteer to help women doing something they've been doing for decades if they want to continue to do that. Georgia passed this law um, literally taking over the, 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 the whole... I mean, it's breastfeeding, for crying out loud. Oh, the 
correct term is chest feeding nowadays. Please be politically correct. Yeah, but it is a it is the breast of a woman that feeds an infant. It's not the breast of a guy. <laughs> so keep a breast of biology. Uh, so apparently, the Institute for Justice again, it's a libertarian group representing these women to get this law taken off the books. Uh, it, it, I can't, I mean, this is just absolutely insane. Uh, they want to stop a 2016 Georgia law that would establish a state monopoly for one uh, accrediting association that has pushed these kinds of laws all around the country. So the Institute for Justice represents these women in a case that has broader implications. If the high court upholds Georgia's law, more than 800 lactation consultants would have to stop their careers and go back to school to learn to do what they already know how to do. Unbelievable. Absolutely makes me crazy. But again, I remind you, it's a libertarian group going to fight this. It's the libertarians who are constantly fighting for freedom. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. Institute for Justice, Dave Rowland, uh, who's on every Thursday, Think Tank Thursday, MoFreedom.org, all libertarians. Pacific Legal Foundation. I don't know. It makes me crazy when they come up with these laws. Uh, Timothy, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Uh, good. The government can't get out of everybody's way. That's the problem. <laughs> and and I'm a libertarian, but um, I'm a conservative libertarian. But I know what how they can solve it. Just disband your your group and just have individuals go out and help people. No, you can't. You can't help them. No, no. You want to go into the hospital can. and and uh, and help someone. You, the hospital's got to make sure you're accredited. Well, I'm just saying, wait till they're out of the hospital and then do it at their home, and then no one knows any difference. Yeah, it's harder uh, to find them. Gotta, it's just well, stupid, gotta, isn't it, Timothy? Isn't it yeah, just? You, you, you got to fly under the radar sometimes and just say, "Hey." Yeah, it's, just, I can, it's so asinine. Government's not a good thing. I'm sorry, a little bit here and there, but that's it. Thank you. All right, thanks, Timothy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Dennis on soccer. Dennis, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I would not spend 30 seconds watching this soccer. And I, I just don't, I don't, I mean, I'm from a soccer town, St. Louis, grew up that way, even though I didn't play. But these soccer players, starting with that one gal, that purple-haired gal on the women's team, she is so anti-American. And I, I don't know if that bleeds over to the men or not. I think it does. But they don't stand up for themselves, even if they don't believe in this this uh, transgender crap that they wear on their sleeves. I don't know if they're going to do it for these games. But, you know, I hate to say this, but in a way, I'm kind of hoping Iran wins. And the reason why is that I think these Iranian players value freedom more than maybe some of these American soccer players. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think the game, I have no interest in it. It's a European game. Yeah, it's a game for Europeans. Uh, if they want to watch it, that's fine. Give me football. Right. All right. But not, the, not the NFL. Not the NFL. Not the NFL? 
Absolutely not. Just college the, ball. Just college ball. The the pageantry, but the reason the NFL, of course, everybody knows. But for me, and I'm from St. Louis originally, and I was a Cardinals fan, a Rams fan. But when those players walked out of the huddle in 2014 with their hands up, don't shoot false narrative based on that Ferguson stuff. I said, that's it. And I'm done. And I haven't watched the game since. Wow. All right. Well, I, I understand. <laughs> really, I do. Dennis, thank you. Glad you to are. have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Got to have two years of college. <laughs> Supervised work. <laughs> oh, God. Government. So big. So out of control, and it just keeps growing. Just keeps growing. Um, there is a um, an execution about to take place in the state of uh, Missouri, and apparently, the daughter isn't going to uh, to be there when her father is executed. We'll give you the details on this and get your opinion next. On the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 920, Jennifer Bukowski, about an hour and ten minutes. Uh, she'll be here about 1030. And uh, she wants to talk about uh, the execution in Missouri, too. Uh, she also wants to talk about the soccer match and uh, this uh, transgender freak that the administration... That's, that's at least two transgender freaks working for the administration, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that idiot out of Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. That was just bizarre. Anyway, let me uh, l let me do this. Uh, I'll give you some of the details here. This guy is being executed, and apparently the state of Missouri has decided that you have to be 21 years old or older to witness an execution. And he wants his daughter, and she wants to be there when he is executed. The ACLU filed a motion... Uh, in November, on November 21st, arguing that the state's, uh, the state law that prevents a 19-year-old from witnessing her father's execution was, quote, without any rational relationship to a legitimate government or penological interest and violates the U.S. Constitution's guarantee of equal protection of the law under the 14th Amendment and the right of freedom of association under the First Amendment. In response to that complaint, the state argued that there were four main reasons for the age restriction. First, the state claimed the law prevents young adults from witnessing death. Second, citing that teenagers are more likely to act out during proceedings. The law apparently maintains, quote, the solemnity of decorum of the execution. I don't know how you have that. Uh, third, the law supposedly guarantees that those witnessing the execution are mature enough to comprehend the events. And fourth, the law prevents security threats from impulsive and unpredictable young adults. On Friday, federal judge ruled in favor of the state, finding that while the law could cause emotional harm to this uh, young lady, the harm was neither irreparable nor a violation of her constitutional rights. So she can't go and witness the execution. So I am curious to find out whether or not you think that law makes sense. 
that nobody under the age of 21 can witness an execution in the state of Missouri. She's 19 years old. She wants to be there. She knows what's going to happen. She could witness death at any time. You know, somebody that she loves could be dying of cancer, get in an automobile accident, who knows? But she's 19. She's old enough to vote. She's old enough to join the military. She can sign a contract. Shouldn't she be allowed to witness the execution? 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Um, I'll be just a, a little curious to see what, uh, what you think uh, about the state of Missouri keeping her from witnessing the, ex the execution of her father. They both want her to be there. You tell me. In the meantime, to the phones, what's, uh, what, is the, uh, what is the guy on line one? Do we know the topic? Let me just grab it. All right. All right. Rob, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I, too, am well, thank you. Good. Well, I'm, I'm in Missouri, but I wanted to talk about soccer real quick. I, I, I think you ought to have a common age, and it's 18, it's 18. So, in my, my opinion, let her go, and, and maybe she'll learn a life lesson, and if she's willing and able, she won't freak out, and so the... You know, the spirit of the law will be upheld, but should get to go see it. Maybe it should be 18. That's my feeling on that. But I got to defend soccer here because, you know, I get it. I'm a soccer maniac, okay? So it means that doesn't mean I'm weird. It just means I understand most people don't like it, and they like to make fun of it. I get it. We get it. But I kind of was a little uh, taken aback because Megan Rapino, okay, she's a great soccer player, and she did all the stand-up and made the big deal and Neil, but man, to single her out with Docker as the villain there, when you look at a Colin Kaepernick or some of these other crazy protesters in the NBA and the NFL, that's probably uh, not fair. I don't disagree with you. I think that's a reasonable analysis. And I'm going to watch every second of that soccer match today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I moved my schedule around for it. Are you kidding me? Wow. Anyway. All right. But, but we did it. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Rob. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. He's really into soccer. Well, I do hope the United States beats Iran. I don't know why. I mean, it's just because it's the United States. Uh, otherwise, I don't care about the game at all. Nathan, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, my opinion is on the age thing. Yeah. As... I'm just sick and tired of seeing everything either half half and half, 18 and 21. I believe that everything should either be 18 or 21. No, no, uh, nothing in the middle. Because of you can join the military at 18. You can buy a lottery ticket at 18, but you can't go in a casino. You can't go into a... Uh, you, you can't buy beer till you're 21, and this whole th this whole thing with the issue of her being, can't be can't see the issue uh, see her dad's execution because she's not 21 yet. I just it's just one of those things where everything should either be 18 or everything should be 21. Which one do you think it should be? I really don't. I really don't care either way. It's just I just don't like half and half. 
Yeah, I can understand that. It, it's it's kind of silly to say you're an adult here, but you're not an adult there. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah. It, at 19, can she witness that? You think? And, and well, well, she well she could have witnessed death if she was in the military. Oh, nice point. I think you're looking for my job. Good, good argument. All right, Nathan. Thank you. All right. All right. All right well, have a good day. You too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, she. She can join the military, and she would she could witness death. Ah, what a point! That was good, Jerry. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Gary. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And Nathan just took one of my points about the military. Uh, and the the other thing, I may be mistaken, but I think they may have lowered the age to work at corrections to eighteen when they couldn't get enough help. To work at corrections? Yeah, I think they did. I'm not positive. And I'm driving, so I can't research it. But I'm sure they lowered the, the, the employment age at 8 to 18. Man, at 18, I don't think I would have been uh, fit to uh, to work in that, in that arena. No, uh, I worked at MSP when I was 28, and it was hard. Yeah. That's it, a- it 28, and I was in maintenance. I wasn't a guard, so... It was just, uh, they they messed with the young people a lot. Yeah, I'll bet they did. Yeah, they're hardened. I don't think I'd want to. Yeah, All right. Thanks, Jerry. Hey. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Tony, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm good. I uh, hope you're doing good, too. I am. Thank on you. the, uh, the uh, adjusting this law that says you got to be 21 to witness execution, I don't see a problem with it. Leave it at 21. Why are we going to waste legislature time to go and alter it just because one daughter and one execution person is going to feels that the daughter should be there? Enough with the feelings. The law is a law at 21. Leave it alone. We're not going to waste time and money in Jeff City to have somebody negotiate it. Oh, but what if and what about and so and so. It's the law. It's already been set. If we're going to adjust for that, how easy is it going to be to adjust for everything else? Oh, well, well you know. Well, earn paychecks. Why can't they vote? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Tony, Tony, there are lots of other uh, people on death row. It wouldn't be just this one nineteen-year-old. This okay, case. How could... many cases? How many cases do we see in a year or a five-year span? Well, it doesn't make the news because it normally doesn't get challenged. But there may be several more, and she's going to be fighting for all of them. And if the law is unjust, shouldn't it go away, whether it takes time or not? Okay, we can word it that way. Well, my point is, is it opens the door. I, I know a lot of people that think, you know, just because they're 16 and earn a paycheck, they should have a say in politics. No, I don't want your emotional self at 16 voting. No, I don't think that's right. I don't think that we're going to change the law just to fit one minority group after another, after another, after another. We're altering everything to satisfy little minute groups. Well, what is this law? been on the books for forever. Yeah, and what does this law accomplish? Nothing. Uh, that over 21 goes into the, the chamber itself to watch execution. Yeah, but that what? problem with it. All right, all right. Tony, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock, are we to continue with that one? Uh, you're listening to the Gary Nolan Show. Jennifer Bukowski, one hour from now, soccer. Uh, this uh, fluid trans guy that uh, apparently works for the administration, stealing luggage. Oh, yeah. This is the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer this Radio This is Network. the Gary Nolan Show.
It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us. And uh, just so you know what we're talking about here, this 19-year-old girl, her father is being executed for committing murder. Apparently he killed a police officer. And he wants her to be there to witness this, and she wants to be there for him. But the state of Missouri won't let her. They say 19 is just too young. She could, you know, flip out, lose control. Uh, it, could, <laughs> it could be terrible. What a melee. So they won't let her. And I'm thinking at 19, she's old enough to know what she wants to do. And she ought to be able to go. And this is her father's last wish. Uh, you know, you can hold him accountable for committing the crime but he ought to be able to and she ought to be able to in this instance witness this I think the state of Missouri is wrong uh, Gary says the law is crap in the last 100 years there have been countless 19 year olds that have witnessed horrific deaths during war James says I'm with Nathan's way of thinking if they want to have these restrictions until 21 including buying an AR-15 then they also need to make voting 21 Whatever the standard is, let it be the standard across the board. I agree that it ought to be one or the other, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure in this case the state should have any say-so in this. Uh, Ken says, age of consent, I witnessed death. I was 12, present in the hospital room when my grandfather uh, passed away. Death is death. Ken. I'm trying to think when, uh, I don't know. Uh, let me uh, go grab some phone calls here. Roy, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm happy to be here. Um, I believe they used the word irreparable. The state is Actually, killing her father, and she wants to be there. If If that's not irreparable, what do we have the word for? On Friday, a federal judge ruled in favor of the state, finding that... While the law could cause emotional harm to this young lady, the harm was neither irreparable nor a violation of her constitutional rights. Further, the ruling found that Missouri's, uh, Missouri held a substantial interest in the sovereignty of its criminal law enforcement. We're extremely disappointed in the decision upholding this irrational and illogical law, which only serves to gratuitously punish Mr. Uh, Ramey, the, the gentleman who's being, uh, or Ms. Ramey, the daughter, uh, according to the deputy director of the ACLU. Yeah, you can't go back. That's irreparable. That's... I don't care what the judge says. All right. Roy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Emmett is on in Springfield. Good morning, Emmett. How are you? Good morning, Gary. Yes, sir. Uh, just, just make everything 18. Uh, the point about witnessing death in the military is definitely valid. In fact, my dad, when he came back from World War II, he didn't see combat, but uh, he went to the bank to seek a loan, and the banker says, you're going to be mad as hell because Missouri law at the time said that he had to have a cosigner because he was under 21. And uh, so he had been halfway around the world. He'd occupied Japan. And, uh, you know, he thought that he was a man. And so let the 18-year-olds be men and, and women. And the 
you know, when they get out of school, some of them don't have an option for a job other than the military. So, you know, don't make it 21. Yeah, uh, uh, but, you know, after all that, to be denied alone, unbelievable. Emmett, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Aaron, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Gary. So there's a, there's a point of this that nobody's looking at. What about a victim? So if, if, if you got a, a two- or three-year-old and somebody kills their father... And they're not quite old at, at 21 years old when the execution is going to happen. Does that not discriminate against that victim in getting the justice that they deserve? So uh, somebody's parent gets killed while they're really, really young. And by the time it wins its way to the point where they're going to execute the perpetrator, uh, they're not quite 21 yet. And so you think, you know, that's... Do they not deserve to get to watch that? Well, you know, this is a difficult thing for me to argue because I don't agree with the death penalty. But I think if if you're 18, at least uh, 18, and you know the the perpetrator is being executed, and it's a you know, it, uh, and everybody wants you to be there, the state ought not get in the way. I agree. All right, the state ought to way of everything. But all right, Aaron, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's see. Andy says, uh, with the decades people typically spend on death row, I have to imagine that the number of people executed with children under the age of 21 would be a statistical anomaly. That being said, I personally disagree with the premise of exclusion and hope this young lady is successful in her quest. Uh, let's see, Job, let's see, uh, yes, we've lowered the age, uh, to 18 to be a corrections officer or other non-custody staff. It's weird to see an 18-year-old kid who's never had a job or a real job sit in the housing unit, uh, for criminals. I, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't think, uh, 18-year-olds are, I don't know. If, if I were 18, I'll just say this. If I were 18, this would not be a job I would be comfortable with. Maybe that's because I know what happens. Um, and I don't know in great detail, uh, but if, if they're you know housing-hardened criminals and they see some young kid 18 years old, that's like, that's like vultures looking at a dead body. Uh, anyway, we will uh, check in with Jennifer Bukowski. She'll be on board about uh, 45 minutes from now. And um, here's an interesting thing. Brian, when you have a day off, what time do you get up in the morning? What time do I get out of bed or what time yeah. do I wake up? What time do you get out of bed? Can you stay in bed till 8 or 9 in the morning? No. Generally, I will. I'll wake up at the same time that I always wake up. But I know because I know that I don't have to go to work, I'll lay there longer. But I still get up probably, I don't know. Half an hour, 45 minutes. So I lay there for a while. Yeah. Eight, nine o'clock? No, no. I would maybe 6.30 instead of 5.30. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's particularly hard when you've been getting it up at a dark 30 in the morning for a long, long time. Uh, but a new study has just been released, and it indicates that highly intelligent people are often portrayed as night owls. The dedicated novelist writing all night until daybreak, for example, well, prior studies actually 
support this notion, finding that night owls typically display more robust verbal intelligence. New research, the University of Ottawa, suggests otherwise. Turns out the early bird really does get, well, the verbal worm. Once you account for key factors, including bedtime and age, we found the opposite to be true. That morning types tend to have superior verbal ability. Um, according to the director of University of Ottawa's Sleep Research Laboratory, the outcome was surprising to us and signals this is much more complicated than anyone thought before. So if you're an early riser, they're saying that's a sign of intelligence. I don't want to, you know, push the point here, but uh, I'm up every morning at uh, at least 4.30. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, 4.30, uh, that's awfully, awfully early. But, you know, when you're as smart as I am, <laughs> it, just, it just comes naturally to you. Uh, the rail strike and uh, President Biden. That's next. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. 949, glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Jennifer Bukowski, about a half an hour, 35 minutes, something like that from now. Uh, and she will be talking about, among other things, uh, President Biden and this uh, looming rail strike. Um, we've, we've got some real problems ahead of us here. And the president is, well, showing the yellow streak. You see, he should be the one stepping in and just telling, you know, the unions either go back to work or go back to the, uh, to the table. Don't stop now uh, with this work thing and, and the strike because it'll cripple the, the economy. You got to go back to work and try and work this thing out. It's his job to do that. But he doesn't want to offend his union supporters and so... He's shirking this off to Congress. They've got to do something about it. You know, what he did originally is buy some time. That's all he did. Just get me past the November elections. Because if the, if the trains go on strike, the economy is crippled. I'm here supporting the unions, and the unions are causing the problem. So that's all he did. He took a victory lap, acted like he did something great, and walked away. Well, here's the thing. If they go on strike, even if they don't go on strike, there's going to be a problem. Because people are not going to want to leave on trains, you know, volatile liquids and poison gases and things like that. And... That means there's going to be an interruption. They literally have to cure this problem this week and, and in the next couple of days, frankly. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Uh, I was looking uh, at uh, a, a Substack column. America already faces a potential diesel supply crisis, especially in the Northeast due to a variety of factors that have led to inadequate regional refining capacity to produce the most critical transportation fuel. Now a potential strike of freight rail workers threatens to complicate the situation at the worst possible time. 
The two largest freight rail unions split their votes on the latest compromise offered by the Biden administration Monday, increasing the prospects for a nationwide strike just as winter sets in across the country. Strike could start as soon as December 5th unless a compromise is reached or steps are taken by federal officials to head uh, uh, this work stoppage off. Um, But already it's going to be a problem because they're just not going to have this stuff. They're going to cancel the shipments. They're not going to leave it on a train that isn't going anywhere. Um, Nation News uh, host uh, Leland Vittert, formerly of Fox News, talking to uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, characterized the rail strike as a scenario that is not acceptable, adding we don't have enough trucks or barges or ships in the country to make up for the rail network. Supply and storage levels already critically low in some areas for a variety of reasons, including heavy demand for diesel uh, exports to Europe and reduction uh, of refining capacity impacting areas uh, in recent years. We are facing a monumental problem, and the president's yellow streak is just glowing like a neon light. He is afraid. The fact is, mandatory unions, and that's what they are, are the reason we face this problem at all. There should be, I'm I'm opposed to any mandatory anything uh, at the government level. Government shouldn't be able to force a company to deal with a union, uh, shouldn't force, uh, the government shouldn't force employees to join a union, and the government shouldn't have unions either. But with with this, you know, railroad industry completely unionized, they can stop this economy dead in its tracks. Because if one of them goes on strike, they all go on strike. That's just insane. Absolutely insane. And the president doesn't have the testicular fortitude to stand up and tell them, go back to work, work this thing out. You can't just... And really what should be, the message should be, you cannot universally shut down the entire rail network. That's giving unions way too much power. It's it, it it's it, it's the, it has the capacity to cripple the entire country. Uh, Dan Kish is the uh, senior fellow at the Institute for Energy Research. He said, "When you're running an all of government war, an all of government war on affordable energy, as Biden is, higher prices are a feature of that policy." He could encourage the Virgin Islands refinery to start up, but instead, his EPA forces it to apply for a new source PSD permit. This started when he ordered Secretary of Interior to revoke the goal of American energy independence. Everything he does makes it more expensive and harder to produce, transport, uh, and process uh, use energy. So... Now you've got a problem compounded by his green energy nonsense. 
They're not refining enough. We're discouraging investment in energy. We're, 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 we've got John Kerry running around telling people like BlackRock, oh, no, no, you can't invest in that. That's just dirty oil. And that really puts people behind the eight ball. It's absolute insanity. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Rich is on the line. Rich, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Thanks, Gary. Doing good. Well, I'd love to get a $22-hour pay raise. That's what they're asking for. They're asking for more than that. They want more time off and things like that. Yeah, but, I mean, even if we just gave them a 20 are you out of your mind? That's going to put them at over $50 an hour. It well, can't be that difficult of a job. Well, that's just going to raise the price of pretty much everything they deliver, isn't it? Sure is. Isn't that inflationary? <laughs> just saying. For you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Rich, day. thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Mullen Show. Uh, on the, uh, the daughter and uh, her father, uh, the father being executed, and she at 19 not being able to watch the execution... Did the officer get to say goodbye to his loved ones? Screw the murderer. Die alone, just like the officer did. Yeah, Bruce, what about the daughter? She didn't commit any crime. She may hate what her father did, but wants to be there to say goodbye. You're not punishing him as much as you're punishing her. Uh, James says we should go back to public hangings. It gives a definite answer to what happened. What? We should go back to public hangings. It gives a definite answer to what happens if, uh, as for age, uh, when you see... Look, uh, I'm, I'm not in favor of executions at all. I especially would not be in favor of public hangings. I think that would be just pretty ugly. Um, all right, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. We got a lot of stuff coming up, including Jennifer Bukowski... Uh, always fun to have her on. She'll be with us about a half an hour from now. A uh, man charged with felony theft identified as gender fluid Biden official. What a freakazoid this guy is. That's absolutely insane. Uh, also, we're going to talk about uh, policing in Colombia. Because I don't know what these people want of the police department. I'm baffled by it. All coming up on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.